Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. In the previous episode, you could listen about the state of healthcare digitalization in Catalonia in Spain. We will stay in Spain for a little bit longer with this episode as well, but to talk about the diversity in the private equity venture capital space in Spain. Nina Capital is a specialized venture capital firm investing in early stage startups at the intersection of healthcare and technology. Level 20 is a not-for-profit organization founded in 2015 by 12 women working in senior roles in the private equity, aligned around a common vision of improving gender diversity in the industry. Nina Capital and Level 20 recently published a report that showed that in aggregate, Women represent 30% of the workforce and only 17% of senior roles are held by women. I spoke with Yahil Halamish, Nina's Head of Investor Relations and Diversity and Inclusion Officer, to share her views of the results of the survey that was published, why diversity matters, and how we can encourage and improve it, not just in the VC space, but in all industries. Enjoy the show, and if you will like what you heard, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. Now to the discussion. Yehil. You're the Head of Investor Relations and Diversity and Inclusion Officer at Nina Capital. And quite recently, you, together with Level 20, published a report about equity and diversity in the VC space in Spain. Before we dive into numbers, can we just outline the topic and why does diversity matter in the VC space, which is still male-dominated. First of all, I think diversity matters in any space, right? Besides the obvious information that we get, that diversity matters to the level of success of any company or any VC. And from a simple Google search, you can find a lot of data about it. For example, that having more women in your board can increase your chances of having a better return to your investors or having a very balanced board may increase the actual returns of, and the actual profits of a company by 20%, more than 20%. I think more and more data are gathered these days, not only on gender diversity, but all gender types that shows how much it is important, not only as an equality factor, that is, we are 50% of society. We deserve to be heard as 50% of society. Let me also, besides that, I think that it's worth mentioning VC basically is the financial driver for innovation. And as every financial driver, we are providing guidance to the next innovative ideas, right? And whether these innovative ideas are coming from a female founder or a male founder, 
is currently an issue as well. It's not new news to everyone that female founders are underfunded. And while having a VC that has a more diverse team is actually um, proved to be better in their returns, better, better to actually invest in female founders. So there is a two, two times chance of actually being receiving uh, funding from a VC fund if there is a female counterpart in the VC. And that's also something that generates back to the VC. Though, as we've seen in our research, we had a lot of conversations doing quality of analysis. And one of these conversations actually said that the opposite idea of having diverse companies in your portfolio actually drives diversity into your fund. Mm -hmm. So both forces are actually feeding out of each other. So that's another point that is very important. And the third one is actually to find the, the innovation of things that have been a bit ignored in the past. For example, because we are in the health sector, we can think about women's health something that has been unfunded in the past years. And as we will have more female entrepreneurs and more diversity inside the VC, I think also this type of um, area of expertise that has been a bit neglected in the past might benefit more than others. So I think that's another thing that is worth mentioning. If we look at the numbers a little bit from the research you did about the Spanish market, the British Private Equity and Venture Capital Association, together with Level 20, published another survey earlier this year in March, where they were looking at 186 firms with over 8,700 employees in UK and Europe. And they saw that the women make up 38% of the private equity and venture capital workforce. However, when you look at higher levels uh, in the company, so VC positions, investment teams, only 10% of people in senior investment roles are women. How do these numbers compare to what you found out for the Spanish market? So they're actually very similar. There was no surprise there. We are seeing similar numbers and similar actually differences as well. We saw for the Spanish market that actually women are represented in the investment roles, junior investment roles inside the PEVC industry, about roughly 30%, which is not far from what the UK showed. And when we go down the pipeline for senior positions, it's actually up the pipeline, but it goes down with the percentage. We see that there's a huge difference. So if we go to the senior positions for private equity, only 12%. And for VC, it's only 15%, mm -hmm. making a total average of around 40. And this is the same trend that is shown in the UK. Research, basically. Both researches have been done by the collaboration of Level 20, which is an amazing organization that is supportive of women trying to get into the industries of PEVC. And they put a goal of actually increasing the presence of women inside this industry. And I think that having this research showing similar paths, similar trends is something that can generate better understanding of the market. So. 
This research for the Spanish market was actually the first one that has been done in the Spanish, Spanish industry. Our two very diligent and amazing interns, Marta Montet and uh, Nicole Van Allen, throughout the summer investigated more than 2,000 PEVC professionals in more than 200 forums inside Spain. The results that they have given is uh, it's more than the actual results. Having a set of guidelines, we created a methodology that is replicable going forward. And the importance of that is to create a unified line of knowledge that from which we can grow. Once we have this data and then that we can investigate and understand it better, and we can also measure ourselves. We'll have this research. We will know if there's been any change going forward. And this is a very important thing in order to understand the situation and how we can actually evolve from it. Change, obviously, when it comes to cultural change, and this is a cultural change that needs to happen, it doesn't happen on its own. Can you, for starters, explain what is the diversity structure at Nina Capital and how are you approaching the mission to be diverse? We are a very small team at Nina Capital. The core team is a team of five individuals, two of which, including myself, are women. And our managing partner, Malta, is who, who lent this firm um, is we feel. The more important how you can see it is actually we have a lot of interns working with us. So we have an internship program over additional internship. And as an example, I can give you a great example of diversity. Is that throughout the summer, we onboarded five new interns. Four of them were women. We don't set ourselves a goal of we will choose only women, obviously. But what we do differently is in the approach of who do we intern. That's the first phase of getting employees. So, for example, Malta will not review resumes before having a certain percentage of female candidates in it. Just for fairness not even for getting more women or changing the diversity diversity in the fund, but just for the sake of fairness of seeing a specific amount of female interns and a specific amount of basically men that apply for the position. So first of all, this is the base of where we're coming from. And second of all is that we see it as a very important key in the research that we are doing. We had a previous research done by a fellow intern here and who reviewed diversity inside companies and how it affects returns. We track diversity in our portfolio companies. We see it as an important factor, not only for success, but only for as a societal infecting. So the fact that we have that also affects the culture inside our, our fund, which is more accepting, I think. And I think that also correlates back to having more interns that apply to the fund that are women, basically. Once you feel more comfortable to just send an email to the managing partner and tell her, I'm interested in that, it's also a very powerful thing. You mentioned that you measure diversity with your investment uh, teams. How do you do that? How do you measure diversity in the startups? We have a platform that... Get, we're getting the analytics of LD on our data flow. 
every, every company that comes to us, we mark whether there, there is a gender diversity inside the management team of this specific company. So even if we don't invest, we have the data that shows how many women were inside the companies that applied to us. And we have the data that shows which areas of expertise they cover the most. So we also track that. We know what's the rapid percentage of women that are more into specific um, industries in sectors inside the healthcare industry. And obviously for our portfolio companies, we also, but that's a given thing. Mm -hmm. I will be the given. You mentioned earlier that when you employ new employees, even if it's interns, you wait until you have a pool of candidates that is diverse before even looking at the, the applications. There's definitely one approach to diversity. And I'm sure that many companies that not necessarily just VC companies or, or, or other tech companies that are predominantly male are facing the challenge of we want to be diverse, but either we don't know how to approach increasing that. What would your advice be in terms of getting more diverse teams? I don't like the argument of we can't find female candidates. Going back to the research that we have done. So the research had two different aspects. Our main goal with the research was actually to show the data and to have the possibility to grow past this situation and learn from the data and set the methodology to continue doing that throughout the years in order to be better. But the second part of the research was actually a more qualitative analysis. And how we did that is by interviews with individuals from the industry. And in these interviews, we asked them a set of questions to get more insights into how they see them. So at this qualitative analysis, we discovered what you're basically mentioning, that a lot of the people we talked to have mentioned a big problem of having, of sourcing actually people to work. And some had very interesting insights into it. You can see it in the research or in our Medium post that we posted online. But I think if you ask me to my personal perspective on it, I think that it has to be active. So the current situation, it's okay to say, okay, I get all the men in my, in, in the stack of all resumes that I have on my desk. But on many occasions, there is a use of headhunters. So tell your headhunter to actually source for women and actively search them maybe in a bit orthodox position. So maybe it's something, someone worked in a very senior position in the stamina, for example. A second idea we do to, would be to actively, if we are looking at junior positions, for example, actively go to universities and, and sample to some uh, industries that are doing well in sourcing female candidates is, for example, if you look in consulting industries, um, the big consultants firm has actually a very active approach to searching for female candidates. And think if you want to get to the diversification, if you want to increase your donors, you need to be active about it. And this is the situation where we are at currently. And I hope that going forward, we won't need to be active and we can just sit in the office and wait for the resume to come. 
but it, we need to start somewhere. Because one of the challenges that's related to what you just said is the fact that, as you stated in the report, the underrepresentation is also caused by a lack of awareness of the existence of the PEVC industry as a career path among young people, right? Yes, this is one thing that we've been, another point that we got from the interviews that we, we did, that sometimes you're just not aware of this potential. I think overall, the PEVC industry, when you go to universities and very junior positions, it's not very well known, right? And so uh, the fact that it's less known from, let's say, investment backing or stuff like this, it's a given that there, if you want to, again, be active about it and do something that changes that, go to professional clubs in, in universities or women in business clubs or that way, we just need to find them. If we go a little bit further with that question and try to raise awareness a little bit, what would you say are the qualities and skills a VC must possess? A VC must possess? I think it's very different according to the culture and the VC that you're going to be at. But I think curiosity is always important, especially when you check different companies and you're looking at innovative things, it's really easy to get excited. And if you're not curious enough, you won't know when to be less excited. So that's for me a very key, key thing. And going through this line, know how to ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions. Questions is something that is really good in our role. And third one, I think it's always good to be professional and have a good analytical skill because it's something that you need. And I think here is a good combination of being analytical with being creative and, and looking to, to build stuff from the ground. So if you have this mix of analytical skill and creativity and you, you like to build stuff and you like to see some stuff involved, that, that's great. That's a great fit. You mentioned several times that it takes effort to get from a monolithic or simple, so to get to a, a di diverse workforce. Can you mention any other women-led VC firms or just VC firms that are doing good job uh, with diversity? There is research done actually in the U.S. about it that it's interesting that shows there is also a correlation between having a female founder in your VC to having an emerging manager. There is a correlation with the new funds that usually have a more diverse, not only in gender diverse, but overall diversity in them. So I think this is a point to consider whether you are a VC opening a new fund or if you are an investor looking for an investment because sometimes the emerging managers are a step ahead in this issue. Mm -hmm. yeah. We we talked a little bit before about the startups, the position they're in. Because this is a male-dominated industry, women startup founders often find themselves in, in rooms dominated by male investors. Is there any advice that you have for them? First of all, I think for, uh, this is me speaking from experience of being 
many times in rooms filled with men, I think there is nothing we can do with unconscious bias. As sad as it's unconscious bias, fixing that is probably something that is bigger than one industry change. And it's something that requires a very cultural and deep change in, in society. What I can say that we hope that our research and researches like our research are shedding more light and what's usually the light people are more aware to their bias and hence it's not unconscious anymore and they can actually again being actively avoiding their bias as an advice i don't think that necessarily going to inside a room filled with men should discourage anyone i think that the first step when you go to an investment and to go look for an investment is maybe find a mentor or someone who shares the same path and can enriches you. And maybe that will make the entire path easier. But the fact that you're female founders should not prevent you from reaching out to dominantly men VCs, for example. I don't think that is something that should happen. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. Before you leave, I have a quick announcement. End of October, I will be moderating the European Patient Forum Congress. It's going to be an insightful event about the latest development of digital health in Europe on the policy level, and the Congress is going to be especially interesting because of the emphasis on the patient perspective. Join us and find more information in the link in the show notes.